Hey everyone, I wanted to welcome you to Encounter Church. I'm Pastor Craig Rice. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Hey everyone, we are in part three of our series called Overcoming the Grinch in Me. Today, we're going to be focusing on the statement in the Grinch where his heart grew three sizes that day. And so what I want to title this talk today, I want to, I want to work on this, this concept of the art of growing your heart. We're going to start with our text out of two scriptures, one in the Old Testament and one in the, in the New Testament. The first one's going to be found in Psalms 95 and 6. And the Bible says this, Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. The second part of this is in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 2. And it says this, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. If you've noticed, both of these scriptures have the same language. Both of them, one from David and the other one from the wise men from the east, both of them are in this pursuit. They are coming to find this God, this Savior, and they are using the language they are coming to worship. The art of growing your heart begins with the heart of worship. There's a picture there in the video and the movie, The Grinch, in every version of The Grinch you can find, and that is that once he realized that what he had stolen did not affect the people, and he had a change of heart, but what really got the change of heart going was the singing from the Who's down in Whoville. When he heard their singing... The story goes that the Grinch realized that Christmas wasn't about the packages, the boxes, the bags, the ribbons. It wasn't about the trees or the festivities. It wasn't about the, the cooking, the as, the as Dr. Seuss says it, the who pudding and the roast beast. It wasn't about all of that. What it was about was connection. It was about family. It was about finding their place together. And so they start singing their song. And as they're singing, the story shows that the Grinch begins to have a change of heart. And the line goes, and his heart grew three sizes that day. I want to talk about the art of growing your heart. The point where your heart doesn't shrink and shrivel, but it grows and gets bigger and bigger. The capacity of your heart expands and it begins with worship. It begins with connectivity with God, with understanding who He is and what He is. And your focus moves off of what is going on in your life or what He can do for you and moves to a divine connection of who He is and what He's about. When worship gets communicated correctly, it is not about what He can do for us but instead it's about what I can do for him. It's not about him coming for us. It's about us coming for him and finding him, pursuing him. Worship is our pursuit of him. 
The scripture shows us that Jesus was born as a baby in Bethlehem. He came to us. I want to remind you, there's no other God coming for you. Your house isn't coming for you. Your wealth is not coming for you. Your job, your career is not coming for you. To find you, to save you, to rescue you. And your feelings can get so wrapped up in these that you feel like that is going to save you. Whether we want to admit it or not, we feel like like the materialistic things of this world are actually going to save us or rescue us or cause us to have better feelings or, or more joy or happiness. And if we just get that job, we just get that house, we just find that piece of land, we just, we just marry that person, we, we finally get that, that car, we, we finally have that kid or whatever that may be, we think that that's going to rescue us from what we're going through. However... What we need to realize is that there's only one God coming for you, and that's Jesus. That's Jesus finding you. But worship, worship is not understanding that he's coming to you. Worship is us getting out of our own way and us going to find Jesus. Worship has been misunderstood as something that arises from a feeling, which comes upon you. Like there's that moment you're like, Wow, the goosebumps, the thrills, the chills. But worship's not a feeling that comes on you. But it's important that we understand that worship is rooted in a conscious act of the will. The conscious act of the will is not about a feeling because worship is not worshiping and doing that on a good day or on a bad day or when something sparks joy or something reminds us of what we should be thankful for. No, worship is a conscious act of the will that we determine in ourself, I'm going to come and worship. See, we ask the question, because we base worship on our feelings, so we ask the question, what's in it for me? How does this benefit me? Is this worth my time, effort, or energy? Matthew 4 and 9 shows us a story of of a grown-up Jesus, and he's in the wilderness, and he is tempted of the devil. And in this temptation in the wilderness, the devil tells and asks Jesus a few things, and I find it interesting that he asks him this question. In Matthew 4, 9, he says, I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. There's a promise, a false promise, wrapped up in this reality of the misconception in worship. So if my worship is only based on my feelings, then I can be tricked, disillusioned, and frauded into believing that worship is something that I get something out of it. We can be misinformed that worship is really what is given to me. And that's what the devil was trying to do with Jesus. He says, I'll give this all to you if you'll just bow down and worship me. The promise wrapped up in worship is not so much about what I get, but it's more in what I can give. Both the Old Testament and the New Testament said we are to come to him in worship. There was no, if he'll give this to me, then I'll worship, or if I worship, then he'll give me this. No, worship is much more intricately designed in what I can give, and by giving, I can open myself up to receiving. But the lie that, that the devil would like to try to convince us of 
is that you can have all of this stuff, all the materialists, all the consumerism. You can have all these tangible things if you will just stop worshiping out of, out of generosity, out of hope, out of love for your Savior, and you will instead worship the things or the stuff so that you can receive it instead of being able to give it. In fact, Luke 9 and 25 says, And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but are yourself lost or destroyed? So what do I get out of this? Is this worth my time, effort, or energy? Is it, it, How does this benefit me? What does it even benefit you if you end up gaining all of the tangible things, but the eternal things are lost? Because that's what the fraud of worship is. The fraud, the, the lie that you get all of this stuff if you'll just worship. Maybe we need a perspective change this season. Instead of what we can get and what we can receive and what we can accumulate, maybe it worship is just simply us coming to the feet of Jesus. Maybe it's simply finding that baby in a manger where we can connect and find hope in. Maybe, maybe our heart needs to expand its capacity and not so much what I can get, but how can I get to Jesus? It was a G.K. Chesterton that said, we are perishing for a lack of wonder, not for a lack of wonders. We're perishing because our wonder, and wonder and worship are intricately connected. We're perishing because our wonder, our awe of who God is and what he's done has, has drifted, has, has moved away. The wonders are all around us, but our wonder has become slim shriveled, and it has shrunk. And I've realized that the Grinch within oftentimes comes out of us and arises when our worship is misaligned. See, we are designed, we were created to worship. The question then is, who and what will I worship? It's not, do I worship or can I worship? But the question is, who and what will I worship? Because every one of us is worshiping something right now. Every one of us, and because worship is directly connected to your time, talent, and your treasure. What are you investing that into? You're going to find what you are worshiping. And the moment you can realize that if my time, my talent, and my treasure is misaligned, then I am misaligning really my worship because worship is directly connected to those. And what happens is we begin to create man-made temples out of the very things that we worship. We create shrines to our jobs because we put our identity into our careers. We create shrines out of our relationships. We create shrines out of our homes. We create shrines out of our bank accounts. We create shrines uh, even out of the low places or the moments of unforgiveness or the wounds that we've had inflicted on us by others. We create shrines, man-made temples to worship in because we're investing our time, our talent, and our treasure into those things. And we begin to develop these temples that we worship in daily because we're so invested in those temples. In fact, Acts 7 and 48 reminds us that the Most High doesn't live in temples made by human hands. Now, we can discuss that it being a, a church building because we realize the church is not a location. It's in us, and we are the church, and we are God's people. However, I want to remind us that we can build human 
made temples, man-made temples with our hands that we bow down, we worship, we, we spend time in if we're not careful. And I want to get our perspective back on track this season that it's not about the things we create or build or are involved in as it is that we are worshiping Jesus. We are coming to His feet and we are finding our place back with Him. Because worship is less about what I say and more about how I live. Worship's not all about what I say, because we can say the right things, but, but saying the right things is not worship. How I live my life is worship to Him. How I invest my life, how I, how I do life, how, who I spend time with and what I'm involved in is, is worship. So it's less about what I say and much more about how I live. And that goes back to the temple, the, 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 the creating of human temples and, and the creation of, of the very things that we have exalted in our minds. And, and I would even challenge us and say that sometimes we've even exalted fear to be a man-made temple that we live in because we spend so much time obsessing with the very fears that go on inside. The Grinch, he, over, he tries to override and overcome and he wants to take over the joy and he wants to steal the peace and he wants to, he wants to steal the worship from God. But Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 6 and 18, he says, don't you realize that your body, my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God, you do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. Acts says he doesn't dwell in man-made temples. He dwells in God-made temples. And if we're going to honor God, we need to make sure that this temple is a temple of worship, of life, of hope, of joy, of peace. Psalms 22 and 3 says, You are holy. You are enthroned on the praises of Israel. Or in one translation, it says, You inhabit the praises of your people. He dwells where praise is, where worship is. So he doesn't dwell where we have created temples. He dwells where there's praise and there's worship. That's where he sets up his throne. That's where he lives. He lives where the worship is. And it's not with man-made temples, it's with God-made temples. And it's right here with inside of us. And he will live on the inside of us when we worship him. In fact, C.S. Lewis says it like this, In worship, God imparts himself to us. He also goes on to say, It is in the process of being worshipped that God communicates his presence to men. Because the heart of God is he wants you closer to himself. That's his heart. So if I'm going to grow my heart, and I'm praying this Christmas season, our heart would grow three sizes. That it would expand its capacity to love, expand its capacity to hope, expand its capacity to dream again. But that our heart would also have the capacity to prepare God room in our lives, in everything that we do and say, in every person we love, in every idea we are a part of, in every creative idea that we are trying to build, that God would be close, that God would be near, because that's his heart. He wants to get close to you. And worship is us trying to get close to God. 
Oh, come, let us adore him. Come, let us worship. Let's find Jesus in this season. I want to talk about three things, the three sizes of growth in a heart. It's, it's the art of growing your heart today. The wise men we find come and they search out this this baby, this newborn king of the Jews, they go everywhere. They, they're finding this star and they, they go across land and miles and they're trying to find where this baby is. And their heart behind it is not to just see a new wonder. Their heart behind it is not just to, to gaze at, at another child, but their heart was one that they would come and worship. That they would worship at the feet of this, this new baby And so the first thing I would say is this. The first size that needs to grow is that worship begins with pursuit. So we worship with pursuit. It's the longing. It's the desire. It's the pushing. It's the the getting through all the junk, all the stuff that we're dealing with, and it's pursuing an intimate connection with God. Worship with pursuit. It's, it's like our text said in both Psalms and in Matthew, come. There was a decision made to pursue. It was the reality that I'm not going to stay where I'm at, but now I'm going to move forward to finding Jesus. See, C.S. Lewis said the most valuable thing the Psalms do for me is to express the same delight in God which made David dance. It's worship. I want to delight in him, delight in his presence. I want to find intimate connections with him. The same thing that caused David to to shed off, you know, that whole old analogy of, of dance like no one's watching, that was David. But David could dance like no one was watching because of the joy of the Lord that was in him, but it was worship and the deep, intimate connection and delight he had in God. He was so in love with his God that he did whatever he could to worship, even if he looked like a fool, looked silly, looked, looked less than kingly. Maybe, maybe in this season we need to take off the garments of facade and the garments of pretend, lay them down so that we can worship freely, dance like we delight in the Lord, worship like he is everything to us cross miles and land to get to find him so that we may see him, behold him, love him, and come to him. The second thing I want to expand our heart on, the second size is that we need to learn how to worship through faith. Through faith. See, when we put our faith in God, the Bible says it's faith that actually pleases God. It's faith. It's our, it's our faith in him because If we had everything worked out, if we knew all the answers to life, if we had all of the problems solved and we knew the end from the beginning, one, we would be God. That's not the case. Number two, there would not be a word called faith because faith is believing in the things that we cannot see. It's hoping on and hoping for the things that have not yet happened. And so what faith does to us is it causes us to walk blindly with physical eyes so that we may see Clearly, through spiritual eyes, faith causes a response of worship. And so worshiping through faith means this, that worship has to replace worry. Because you and I are created to worship. 
whether we are worshiping the God who has the answer or we're worshiping worry who convinces us of a false answer. Both things we're going to worship, but worship has to replace worry. Worry is like this. Worry never solves today's problems, but worry only robs today of its peace. It takes away today's peace. Tomorrow's problems are going to be there. They're going to happen. The Bible talks about that. It's going to happen. Tomorrow is going to be full of its own trouble. So what are we worried about? We could put our faith and trust in God. So what worship does is it realigns us with our faith that God's got this. He's going to work it out, that he's going to take care of business and he's going to work on your behalf. I love what Mary says. What Mary says when she's approached by the angel and, and says, hey, you're blessed, you're highly favored, you've been chosen to give birth to this, this amazing baby named Jesus and he's going to save his people from their sins. She says it like this. She's worshiping through faith and she says, let it be to me according to your word. It's worship through faith. It's being able to expand the capacity of your heart that I don't know how this is going to work out. It doesn't make sense. I don't, know, I don't know how this is going to play out. I don't see how this is going to be good and beneficial for anyone. But because you said it, let it be according to your word. Maybe this season you need to expand your heart and worship through faith. Maybe there's things you're going through right now that you don't know how it's going to work out, how things are going to take place. You, you, it doesn't make sense to you, but... In reality, what the Holy Spirit is telling you today, right now, is that you have hope in Jesus. And if you will stop worrying and start worshiping, God's got it worked out. His plan for you is good. He's going to make it possible. Because there's not one impossibility that we will ever face that Jesus did not already make provision for. He's already made provision for it. He's just waiting for you to come and worship. And finally, the third stretching of our heart, the capacity is this. We worship by bringing, by bringing. If you'll notice that the wise men from the east come to worship, but when they came to worship, they brought gifts with them, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They, they, were, they were bringing this newborn king something. It wasn't just for them to come, gawk, and gaze. They were coming to him with bringing gifts, wonderful gifts, gifts that, that were the best that they could bring. It wasn't just some cheap thing that they found at a gas station somewhere to give somebody as a white elephant gift. This, this meant something. This had value. This had purpose. This, this was meaningful. It cost them something. And they brought a gift to Jesus. They were bringing their best Deuteronomy 12 gives us some insight to this, and, and I kind of want to leave you with this thought. It, it says, do not worship the Lord your God in the way these pagan peoples worship their gods. Rather, you must seek the Lord. You notice this, this comment? It's, it's the same language, come to him. It's, it's seek the Lord your God at the place of worship he himself will choose from among all the tribes. The place where his name will be honored. There you will bring, there you will bring, there, there you will bring 
because we're worshiping by bringing. There you'll bring your burnt offerings, your sacrifices, your tithes, your sacred offerings, your offerings to fulfill a vow, your voluntary offerings, and your offerings of the firstborn animal of your herds and flocks. There you and your families will feast in the presence of the Lord your God, and you will rejoice in all you have accomplished because the Lord your God has blessed you. And then he says, your pattern of worship will change. Wow. So amazing. He says, you're going to worship by bringing, bringing these things. And then when you are done worshiping, you're going to feast with the presence of God. You're going to be so saturated with the presence of God, your soul is going to be overwhelmed. You're going to feast on his goodness and his mercy, and you're going to be filled and satisfied. And then you get to rejoice in all that you've accomplished because God's blessed you to accomplish it. And then he says, your pattern of worship will change. That's what I believe is a prophetic word to you today, that God has told me to tell you that today is a day that the pattern of your worship is about to change in this new season. That how you have worshiped before and how you have thought about worship and your perspective of worship is all about to change. God is giving you a new pattern, a new capacity. He's expanding and growing your heart because you're choosing to come to Him and worship. And He's going to add to your life things that you never thought were possible. And He's going to change your pattern of worship. Worship is not this deep, woeful sorrow and beating ourselves up and hoping to find ourselves worthy enough. No, everyone is worthy enough to come to the feet of Jesus. Jesus did not come as a grown man. He came as a baby, so he's approachable. He's easy to love. He, he was able to be there so that you could come and find him. But the reality is today is as we expand our heart, as we grow our heart today, we must be able to expand it in our bringing. And the question that you may have today is, what do I have that I can bring him? One, I'd like to say, bring him your best. And your best is you. Broken, messed up, confused, defeated, depressed. Happy, full of life, wealth overwhelming. I don't know. But your best is who you are right now in the very state that you find yourself. You bring him your gift. Your gift is your time, your talent, your treasure. You bring your best. You bring your gifts to Jesus. So when you come to worship, it's not about what I can get. We see the benefit of worshiping. We see the benefit of what, but we first bring and then we can enjoy feast, and rejoice. The moment that we understand, the clarity is, the devil says, I will give you all of this if you worship. God says, bring me your best, and then you've got pleasures forevermore. I'm going to give you even better. I'm going to bless you with even better. There's a promise behind it, but the reality is, is I can worship in the capacity of what I bring, of what I give, of out of that heart, the reality today is that all are welcome, and your gift is you. What do you bring in Jesus? Your time, your talent, your treasure, your worry, your frustration, your anger, your, your fears? Bring them your best. Bring them who you are. Bring all of it. Just all your responsibility is today is to come to Jesus 
and worship. Psalms 96 and 8 says it like this, Give to the Lord the glory He deserves. Bring your offering and come into His courts. Worship the Lord in all His holy splendor and let all the earth tremble before Him. Maybe, just maybe, Christmas perhaps means a little bit more. Maybe it's not about what I can get. but Maybe it's about what I can give. And maybe it's not about the physical, but maybe it's more about the spiritual. Maybe it's about bringing my best, expanding my capacity, that I worship with pursuit. I worship by bringing, and I worship through faith. God's expanding your heart three sizes today, and He's changing the pattern of your worship so that you can be intimately connected with Him in this season. God's got great things for you. I want to pray over you. And if you're watching this today, maybe, maybe you're saying, I want to make a fresh start. This Jesus, I want to come to him. I want to find him. He sounds amazing. He's got incredible things in store for me. This Jesus has got better things to offer than anything else. And I may be in that place of brokenness or tiredness or fear or whatever. And, and I'm in that place. But today I realize that I can come to Jesus and all of that is free. All of that is delivered. All of that he can save me out of. And today I want to make that fresh start. Or maybe you're watching this and you've been away from Jesus. You haven't followed him as closely as you'd like. His heart is that you would come close to him. And you're making a brand new fresh start all over again. I want to pray over you. For those of you that are like, I'm good. Me and God are good. But I need help overcoming the Grinch in me. I feel like there's moments that just things overtake me. They overwhelm me. It's, I'm, I'm really quick to snap, and I'm really quick to have, have arguments, and, and I, I'm confused about things, and I've got fear just overwhelming my life, but today I want to overcome the Grinch, and I just want to be able to come to Jesus and worship so that I can overcome the very Grinch in me. I want to pray over you as well, and let's do that together. Father, I thank you today for your word. I thank you for the moments that we got to share and, and we got to know that you are intimately concerned about us. Your heart is for us. And I'm asking today that you would, you would take the very things that are in me, the things that seem to overwhelm me, overcome me, and, and seem to destroy me from the inside out. I'm asking that you would remove those and take those from me, that I may be victorious in all of this. Today, I'm giving you my life. I'm placing my life as the greatest gift. The best that I have is just who I am. With all the stuff and all the fears and all the brokenness, I'm just giving that to you, and I'm asking that you would make me new. Today, I'm making a decision to make a fresh start with you. Father, today I'm praying for those that need to overcome the very Grinch that's in them today, that you would give them the strength and the courage, the bravery to overcome the Grinch through an action of faith, in worship, in pursuit, and in bringing, that they would learn to worship you through thick and thin, that their lives would be an absolute representation of genuine, true worship. May we bring our time, our talent, and our treasures to you as we come and worship you this season. Bring us back into perspective that this is not about all the things I can get, but it's about all the things that I can give you. And for that, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, this morning, if you made a fresh start, if, if you were able to connect 
with this today. I'd like to just say, hey, congratulations. We celebrate with you. This is an amazing day. Fresh starts are incredible. Heaven celebrates. We celebrate. What I'd like you to do is connect with us. Send us a message. Follow up on our website at EncounterIdaho.com. We want to connect with you. A ministry staff will reach out to you where we can, can follow up and just, just love on you because here at Encounter, it's a place where you belong before you believe. Today, you made that fresh start. It's just the beginning of an incredible journey with God. And this more, this, when you're watching this, I just hope and pray that your life will be forever changed because you made the decision to overcome the Grinch in you. Be blessed. Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to encourage you to take the message you just heard and allow Jesus to transform your soul. We pray that you have an amazing week. Thanks again for being a part of the Encounter Church family. God bless you.